Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Olivia's Obscura. My name is Olivia. My name does happen to be Olivia. This does happen to be my podcast where I talk about stuff that I want to talk about. And welcome. Thanks for showing up. It's good to have you. I have got my lemon ginger olipop over ice. Can you hear that? Is that like ASMR? Should I start doing ice ASMR? On TikTok, there is this lady. I haven't seen her videos on my For You page in a while. But she she does these lives is what she's known for. And they're wood soup. And it's literally just a big pot of water that she has like all of these wooden balls and like wooden toys in and she stirs it with a wooden spoon and it just sounds like it sounds incredible and that's kind of her whole thing and I bet she makes so much money on TikTok live doing that I don't even want to think about how much money she makes stirring fake wood soup and I'm so jealous that's literally my dream okay so it's been another week all right the thing about doing this podcast. So I think this is the fifth week in a row that I've done. Is it the fifth or sixth Monday in a row that I've done this podcast? One of those. But because I haven't worked a traditional job in like a year at this point, and also even when I did work, I never worked like regular Monday through Friday hours. Like I just always got like a random schedule every week that like wasn't consistent for the most part. So I kind of feel like this is the only thing that I've had in like years that actually marks the passing by of weeks. And boy, is it frightening. Boy, is it scary how fast the weeks go by. I the last time I remember feeling like this actually was when I was going to therapy every week, which I was doing like I've been going every other week for probably like a year now, but I was doing no, actually, I've been going twice a week for probably since like the spring. Sorry, there was something in my tooth. If I sounded weird, it's because I was trying to dig something out of my tooth anyway, because last off and on, like when I first started therapy and then last year when I was going through a, a rough time, a menti B um, period of my life, I was going every week. And I remember that like, I, I would sit down at the computer because I go to Zoom therapy, I go to video therapy. And I would be like, damn, like I feel like I was literally just here talking to this lady. And it's like, cause I kind of was, cause a week really isn't that long. I don't know. It's all relative. Like when I was in like first grade, a week felt like forever because it was because I was like six years old and a week was like such a large percentage of my overall life that I'd lived. Um, But now at the at the big old age of almost 26, I I hate to say it, but a week feels pretty negligible. Like they like the week stop coming and they don't stop coming. And it's kind of like, I don't know, like that was another week. I don't know. I don't know if any of that landed with you, but hey, we do our best. No weekly report this week. I didn't do one last week either. I don't know if I if I'm going to stick with that format because I kind of I I kind of spent way too much time on that portion of the podcast and it's kind of like I don't know like do I need to be spending 30 to 40 minutes going over um my you know, stats for the week, what I've been watching, eating, etc. Personally, I don't know. Maybe I will do it. Like, what if we do it every month? I feel like that would be better for me because here's the thing. I do a lot of the same things all the time. Like, I'm not watching a new show every week. Usually I just go on like benders where I watch the same show only for like a couple weeks, months, straight same with like I don't know like any sort of like food like little fixations that I have those usually last longer than a week too kind of everything especially I'm the frankly the worst about it with music like I am not somebody who likes to step out when it comes to music that I like my boyfriend Ty really likes discovering new music it's like a hobby and a passion of his and he 
finds a lot of joy in discovering new artists. And I wish, I wish I could be that way so bad. But when I, first of all, I rarely listen to music. And actually, I'm going to go through my Spotify wrapped, because just like rapid fire here in a minute. Um, because my like overall minutes listened was like way lower than everybody else's I was seeing that they posted. Some people have like a hundred thousand plus minutes listened. That is so many minutes. Like I, I, I don't know. I guess I didn't realize how many people just listen to music all day, every day. And I do that too. I just do it with podcasts. Like, yeah, I work from home. I am at home alone. I'm by myself most of the time. And so I do have my AirPods in literally all the time. So it's not like I'm listening to any less media. Like my media intake isn't any lower than anybody else's, but it's just because I listen to podcasts all day. Like I, I prefer that to music. I have to be in a specific mood to listen to music. And when I listen to music, I usually have the urge to listen to a specific album top to bottom. I like a good cohesive sonic experience and I don't really like to like I will never I won't touch a Spotify daily mix. I really won't. Um, Oh and that's the other thing I was going to say is the reason my Spotify minutes are so low is because I listen to my music on Spotify but I listen to all of my podcasts on Apple Podcasts. And every few months I am like, should I just like switch all of my podcast listening over to Spotify? But which I want to because I really do want like for the optics of it, you know, I really want it to all be together. But realistically, I've been listening to podcasts for so long. Like I have like 10 years worth of not when No, not 10. I'm not that old. Let me see. I started listening to podcasts when I was like 18. So I have like seven or eight years of podcasts that I've been like subscribing to and listening to. And I don't want to have to go back and subscribe to all of those on Spotify. And I don't want to have to like, it's not going to show the ones that I've already listened to on Spotify because Spotify doesn't know that I've listened to them. And it's just more work than it's worth, frankly. But yeah, I don't even know. How did I even get here? Oh, I was, yeah, the weekly report. The weekly report is not really resonating with me at this time and uh, today specifically. And it's because I, I, as like music specifically, I just listen to the same, like I have listened to the same music since I was like 17, 18, 19 years old. And like my taste like has evolved, but it hasn't really changed since then. I have discovered, like I do discover new artists, but it's like, a very specific obsession that I kind of hone in on. And usually I don't like artists as a whole or, well, no, like I like them as a whole. I'm not saying that, but usually there's like one album that I specifically gravitate to. And like, I would consider myself a fan of a lot of artists that I only listen to one album and I like haven't even heard their other stuff. And like, I know that's bad, but like, I really just, I, well, it's not really bad. Like no one's holding a gun to my head being like, you need to listen to new music. Um, which is good, I guess, because I I wouldn't like that and I would probably get shot. I don't know. I just, yeah, music is not some, like, music and TV shows, I just like to put on an old reliable. I like to play the greatest hits. Like, don't, I'm not trying to step out of my comfort zone, respectfully. I need to stay in my comfort zone. Keeping all of that in mind, I would like to take you all on a journey through my 2023 Spotify wrapped and I know that oh music's playing sorry what is it playing boy genius I know that this probably doesn't interest some people so just go ahead and skip ahead a few minutes but for those of you who do want this glimpse into my psyche to know what is playing in my ear holes some of the time not most of the time but some of the time Stay tuned. My top genres, I like that they did like the sandwich graphic this year. That was kind of cute. I've got some cheese and lettuce on there. Okay, my top genres were pop, indie pop, modern rock, and permanent wave. And I don't really know what um, what permanent wave is, but it sounds sick as fuck, so I'll take it. My sound town is Cambridge, USA, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, I'm assuming, I think, so everyone either got sent to Cambridge, 
Burlington, Vermont, or what's the other place that everyone was getting sent to, like somewhere in the Northeast? I don't know. I do love the sound of town. It is so random. I saw, I was, I kept seeing them on Twitter the week that this wrapped came out and people were, I don't even know if they were editing them or if they actually were, if that was the Spotify given city, people were getting sent to like the most random towns in like North Dakota and, and like just, I was like, how are they even like, what stats are they even using? I don't know. I don't know because there's not like the population of a state like North Dakota is a lot different than the population of Maryland or Vermont. So I don't know. But people, okay, my sound town, Cambridge, USA, people there are far, far more likely to be fans of Taylor Swift, Chapel Rowan, and Haim. Okay, cool. Good to know. My top song this year was Hits Different by Taylor Swift, which I didn't really see that one coming, but I it, it says I played it 20 times this year, starting on May 26th, which I think is the day that it got released to streaming, right? I, I love Hits Different. Hits Different is a banger. Hits Different is that girl. Hits Different should have been a single. Number two is You're On Your Own. Oh my God. Oh my God. This top five is so embarrassing. For reference, last year, my whole top five songs were all songs from Harry Styles' Harry's House. Um, This year we have a bit more variety in terms of albums, but I can't say the same for artists. So number two, You're On Your Own Kid by Taylor Swift. Number three, Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. Number four, Maroon, Taylor Swift. Number five, Glitch, Taylor Swift. I Okay, I listened for 9,099 minutes. That's six days nonstop. That's, so that's fairly low compared to a lot of the numbers that I was seeing people posting. My top artist is Taylor Swift. I'm a top 2% fan, and we spent 5,012 minutes together. So of the 9,099 minutes I spent listening to music total... Over half of that was spent listening to Taylor Swift. Okay, I'm kind of really exposing myself here. The next part of the wrapped is um, how I spent time with artists across the year. It says, you had something special with your top artists. Here's how you spent time with them across the year. Number one, Taylor Swift. My peak listening month was August. Uh, which, how fitting is that, right? Um, number two is Lord. My peak listening month was July. Number three was Haim. My peak listening month was May. I did listen to Haim a lot in May. Um, me and Ty drove up to San San Luis Obispo. Is that how you say it? San San Luis Obispo? I don't know. I'm not from California, so that, I have a really tricky time with that one. So I'm just going to call it slow because I can handle that. And it's like six hour drive. And I think I did listen to Haim like the entire way up. So that does make sense that I listened to a lot of Haim in May. Number four, Olivia Rodrigo, my peak listening month, September. That makes sense. That's when she released Guts. I love Guts. I love Guts. Number five, Phoebe Bridgers, peak listening month, May. So yeah, that my top artist, it was a year for the girls, okay? It was a year for the girls. We have Taylor Swift, Lord, Haim, Olivia Rodrigo, and Phoebe Bridgers. Oh, we love to see it. Oh, the next slide of Spotify Wrapped says, Me in 2023, Vampire. When it comes to your listening, you like to embrace a little darkness. You listen to emotional, atmospheric music more than most which is interesting. I wouldn't personally describe my music taste as emotional and atmospheric, but I, hey, I'll take it. I, at this point, I do trust what Spotify knows about me more than what I know about myself. I have no doubt that they have more data on me than like I do. Yeah. What a time, right? Okay, so there you have it. That's the Spotify wrapped 2023. I really want to be able to find like the archives of the wrapped. I I know there's a way to do it, but I'd be really curious to see how my years measure up since I've 
since Spotify Wrapped has been a thing. Because I've always been a Spotify girl. I've been a Spotify girl since I was like 15 years old, my freshman year of high school. So as long as Spotify Wrapped has existed, I have had it. And I know for a fact every year since 2020, so 2020, 2021, 2022, and now 2023, that's four consecutive years of Taylor Swift being my top artist because I really started drinking the juice in 2020 when I had nothing to do but go down rabbit holes about Taylor Swift lore. And that's really what sucked me in. But yeah, I'd just be curious to see what years prior were. I don't know how long Spotify, because I know Spotify wrapped didn't exist way back when I first started using Spotify. So I don't know. We'll have to look into that. Okay, next order of business is that I would really like to talk about the Time Person of the Year article. Everyone knows, everybody knows that Taylor Swift is Time Magazine's Person of the Year 2023. It's actually the second time she's been on the Times cover. The first for person of the year. The first time was she was on the cover with Ashley Judd, Susan Fowler, Adama Iwu, and Isabel Pasquale. So that was in 2017. And the like person of the year was the silence breakers, the voices that launched a movement. I woke up on whatever day that it was, and saw that Taylor Swift was the person of the year. I personally don't put a lot of stock in person of the year. People can say what they want to say about who's person of the year. What does it mean? Does it mean you're the best person of the year? Does it mean you're the person that had the most impact this year? Does it mean you're the person who's had the most like news buzz about you? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I don't read Time magazine. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't have read this article if it was for anybody other than Taylor Swift. I just, the time person of the year, believe it or not, isn't something that I like wait around for every year to be announced. I'm not like a time person of the year super fan. So I kind of, I don't have a lot to say in terms of like the reporting, how they choose the person of the year. I don't have anything to say about that because I just don't know enough. But I read the article. It was written by written by Sam Lansky, who is a journalist that she's worked with before, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to start off with what I liked about it, what I liked about the article. I liked the little nuggets of behind the scenes information we got about the Eras tour because that's what I've been dying to know this whole time like a production of that caliber like I know there's so much work that goes into it I loved learning about her training regimen and how she would run on the treadmill for like three hours a day yeah quote every day I would run on the treadmill singing the entire set list out loud she said fast for fast songs and a jogger walk for slow songs her gym dog pound created a program for her incorporating strength conditioning and weights quote then I had three months of dance training because I wanted to get it in my bones I wanted to be so over rehearsed that I could be silly with the fans and not lose my train of thought she worked with choreographer Mandy Moore, recommended by her friend Emma Stone, who worked with Moore on La La Land. Since, as Swift says, learning choreography is not my strong suit. With the exception of Grammy night, she also stopped drinking. That's interesting. I liked, like, that's kind of what I am really hoping for. Like, from the beginning, I've wanted, like, an Eras Tour documentary. But, like, of the making of the Eras Tour, I have no doubt that she is going to be releasing something like that because I know there has to be so much footage. Like, it was, it's, the Eras Tour is, like, too big of a fucking deal to not have a documentary about it from the behind the scenes aspect. Like, yeah, the the AMC movie, whatever, that was great, but, like, I don't know. I feel like we might get like a little mini series, like maybe like a three or four part documentary, maybe with like Disney Plus or something. I don't know. A girl can dream, right? But I am really hoping that we get like footage of this because I loved hearing about her like training and what she did to prepare for the tour. I also loved when she was talking about how she has to lay in bed for three days after each show. And her feet like crunch when she stands because she of all the dancing and heels that she does when she performs. Like 
I think she said she only gets out of bed to get food and then she just takes it back to bed for like three days after each run of shows. My first thought was like, oh my God, like why does our billionaire mommy not have someone to bring her food? Like why, why draw the line at getting your own food? Like why not just have someone there to bring food to your bed? But whatever, it's not me. It's not my money. Maybe she likes to get her own food and that's that is her prerogative. I'm not going to recap the article because I'm assuming if you care about it, you've already read it. And if you don't care about it, you don't, you like don't care. So I'm not going to recap the article. I'm just going to talk about another thing that I found interesting or I guess I had thoughts on. So at one point in the article, they're discussing the scandal that happened with Kanye West and the phone call and Kim Kardashian and It said, this is a quote from the article. The scandal was tabloid catnip. It made Swift look like a snake, which is what people called her. She felt it was a career death, she says. Make no mistake, my career was taken away from me. And then later on um, in the article, the journalist is kind of summarizing things. And they say, here, Swift has told me a story about redemption, about rising and falling only to rise again, a hero's journey. I do not say to her in our conversation that it did not always look that way from the outside. That, for example, when Reputation's lead single, Look What You Made Me Do, reached number one on the charts, or when the album sold 1.3 million albums in the first week, second only to 1989, she did not look like someone whose career had died. She looked like a superstar who was mining her personal experience as successfully as ever. I'm tempted to say this, but then I think, who am I to challenge it if that's how she felt? The point is, she felt canceled. She felt as if her career had been taken from her. Something in her had been lost, and she was grieving it. Maybe this is the real Taylor Swift effect, that she gives people, many of them women, particularly girls, who have been conditioned to accept dismissal, gaslighting, and mistreatment from a society that treats their emotions as inconsequential, permission to believe that their interior lives matter, that for your heart to break, whether it's from being kicked off a tour or by the memory of a scarf still sitting in a drawer somewhere, or because somebody else controls your life's work is a valid wound. And no, you're not crazy for being upset about it or for wanting your story to be told. I probably could have paraphrased that, but the end I agree. Like I do think that 100% we invalidate a lot of, especially young women's work and emotions and feelings. And I am, I cannot argue with that. No one can, no one can argue with that. We do that disservice to teenage girls, young women all the time. The part that I want to focus on is the part where Sam, the journalist, says, I'm tempted to say that it doesn't look like she had been canceled considering she was still at the top of the charts, a good point in her career. And then they said, but then I think, who am I to challenge it if that's how she felt? Like, not to be that person because I'm not a journalist and I don't I don't know the process. But who are who are you to challenge it? You're the person doing the interview and writing the feature. Like I do wish that he would have asked her. I need to know, am I using the right I need to Google Sam Lansky because I have just been like throwing around pronouns. Okay. Okay, it seems as though Sam Lansky goes by he him pronouns. Yes. Oh my God. He was born and raised in Portland, Oregon. Girl, me too. Okay. So I do wish that he would have asked her or challenged her about the point that she thought her career had died because yeah, he makes really good points. It doesn't, she didn't look like somebody whose career had died. She did look like a superstar who was, you know, taking control of her narrative. But here's what I'll say. I, I wish that he would have asked, challenge that point simply because Taylor Swift rarely if ever acknowledges her privilege like it if ever is really the key word there like I love Taylor Swift if you're like listening to this if for some reason like people who are just like Taylor Swift fans who can't think critically or use any kind of nuance in conversation. I fear that you found the wrong podcast. I'm so sorry. I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. I've given Taylor Swift so much money over the years for her music and her tour and her merch. Like I love Taylor Swift. I am here to have a nuanced conversation about her and talk about the good and the bad. Okay. So if you don't want to hear that, 
I think that maybe we should we should separate. We should take some time apart. You should turn this podcast off. But I'm going to move forward in talking, you know, a bit negatively about Taylor Swift in some aspects, okay? Taylor Swift never acknowledges her privilege and she oftentimes spins the narrative so that she is the victim. And that's not to say that she is not the victim. There is a lot of times in her life and her career where she has been fucked over or treated poorly and she 100% is the victim. But then there's other times like the time that she, I think this happened last year when on Ginny and Georgia on Netflix, they made a joke about like a really quick joke in passing about how she like dates a lot of people or whatever. And Taylor Swift chose that to be the thing she comments on like last year when like Roe v. Wade was overturned and like a bunch of devastating things happened for like laws protecting LGBTQ plus people and transgender individuals like there was radio silence but the Ginny and Georgia joke was what she chose to use her voice on like that is something that makes you raise an eyebrow right Yeah, so I do in some way see there to be an opportunity in this article for her to be honest, like actually real and raw and honest. But the thing is, that's not the point of the article. Like the point of the article, the thesis of the article is that she is the master of creating her own narrative and her own story. Like that's the common thread that they weave throughout the piece And this skill of crafting her image is the reason that she's as famous as she is. Make no mistake, everything that Taylor Swift does is calculated and contrived. And she said it herself. She said it in the article. She said it in interviews. Like, she's reclaiming the word calculated. She doesn't see that as an insult. And, like, that is what's so special about her and what she presents to the public, like, as her... Like there's this there's this character of Taylor Swift, right? There's real Taylor Swift that none of us know. N- none of the fans know. Only people in her like close personal inner circle know her. The rest of us, we just know the character, the character that she's putting on and the story that she is crafting and curating and manicuring constantly with the help of an entire team of people. Yes, I do think that it would have been really cool if the Time Person of the Year profile was used as an opportunity for her to be really real and honest. But at the same time, that image that she is so known for crafting is inherently dishonest. And by dishonest, I mean like calculated. It is inherently a facade that she is building and that's the point. Like the point isn't honesty. Like, and and I think that's kind of where a lot of people get stuck is because they feel like they know her. Like Taylor, the parasocial relationship fans have with Taylor Swift needs to be studied because it's actually like endlessly fascinating to see people like talk about her and partake in discourse about her like on Twitter and on TikTok. And they have so much stock in this person that they don't know. And what this person does, what Taylor Swift is doing on a day-to-day basis controls like their emotions. I mean, okay, let's, let's take a beat real quick. Such a big part of her brand and her like public persona is the fact that she is like a mastermind and that she like calculates and contrives things and builds things and like plants little clues like that is a big part of the reason why a lot of people are fans of Taylor Swift because she has built this entire world around her with easter eggs and and treasure hunts and like it's fun it's really fun and like engaging to be a Taylor Swift fan like I love that I love like feeling like she's a puzzle you know what I mean um and like yeah so that's the and that's the reason like we all love her and are so endlessly entertained by her like it's a double-edged sword there was an opportunity for real honesty from her in this article there was an opportunity for the for the interviewer for the journalist to push for real honesty but instead he decided to say for some reason who is he to challenge it she felt as though her career had been taken from her and like 
that is the narrative that she's created, that she was canceled. She was like a phoenix. She rose from the ashes. Reputation era happened. She came back better than ever. She's at the top of her career right now. And she's 33, which for a pop girl, like, yeah, it is true that like usually once you're in your late 20s, you kind of get the boot from Hollywood. <laughs> like that is true that in Ho- like in Hollywood, in the pop star world, like you are kind of expired at age 30, which is insane. She's the biggest she's ever been and she loves accolades. We all know that about Taylor Swift. She loves breaking records and winning awards. And she is so driven by these measures of success, like Grammys, album sales, you know, whatever. In Miss Americana, when she got the news that she didn't win an album for, she didn't win a, she wasn't nominated for a Grammy for Reputation. Like the first thing she said was, well, I'm going to make a better record. I'm going to make a better record and I'm going to win a Grammy next time. And like, so like she is, that is what drives her in her work is, are these accolades. And I don't think she's at a point in her career where she's willing to risk getting any more of those. Like she's not going to do anything. Like I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dig deep into this right now, but like, and I, and I'm going to do a full episode on it someday. I'm, I'm going to have, I might, I'm going to do like a series of like Gaylor episodes next year at some point. But I am like, I, I kind of fell into being a Taylor Swift fan through the Gaylor pipeline, which is interesting. Like I, that's kind of like the, the avenue through which I entered being like a fully fledged Taylor Swift fan. So like, I am in the Gaylor circles and like I do see a lot of discourse about like why doesn't she just come out like if she's queer why doesn't she just come out and like that would risk her obviously losing like losing opportunities in the future losing fans losing money and I don't think she is at a place right now where she wants to do that because she is the biggest she's ever been and that's all part of the narrative she's crafting like that's I don't like it's she is and she is like performance art Taylor Swift is performance art and it wouldn't make sense for her right now at this point in her career to break the facade that she's been crafting for like over two decades at this point like simply put she's a mastermind there's no other way to say it i i would be remiss if i didn't talk about the fact that people are upset with taylor swift for very valid reasons for very valid reasons like Right now, she is notably and obviously, along with many other celebrities of her caliber, silent about the genocide happening right now in Palestine. I'm not going to sit here and be like, why do you even care if Taylor Swift speaks up on something or not? Like, I get why as a fan, as someone who has invested money and time and energy into being dedicated to this person, like, I get why it's really disappointing when they don't kind of do what we wish they would. <laughs> like, I I also wish Taylor Swift put her money where her mouth is when it comes to activism, right? She had a whole documentary about coming out as a Democrat, but she can't even do something like call for a ceasefire, which for some reason is controversial. I don't know what hell timeline we're living in where... People are getting fired from their jobs and stuff for simply calling for a ceasefire, for calling for no more bombing civilians. I don't know why we're kind of in a place right now where that is controversial, but I digress. And like last year when Roe v. Wade was overturned, like it was really disappointing when she didn't use her platform to talk about that. And recently she's been going to all these football games and hanging out in suites with Jackson Mahomes, who has sexual assault allegations against him. And like, yeah, that's really disappointing to see her high-fiving a guy who has sexual assault allegations against him in a suite at a stadium when six years ago she was on the Time Person of the Year cover for being a silence breaker and being somebody who kind of forged one of the big people who forged the path in the Me Too movement. Like, yeah, that is frustrating. It is disappointing. But I think, like, I'm a big fan of people. Like, right? Like, I'm a big fan of Taylor Swift. I'm a big fan of Harry Styles. I I am, like, I do participate in fan culture. The one thing that I have just never done, it might just be, like, a difference in the way people are wired. But I really, like, don't 
lose sleep over what the celebrities that I like are doing. I'm not gonna like co-sign bad behavior, obviously, but at the same time, if I didn't allow myself to be a fan or consume the media or consume the art of everybody that I didn't 100% agree with, sadly, I wouldn't be able to listen to any music, any podcasts, watch any movies, any TV shows. Like, I'm just, there's battles that I, I choose to pick and the battle of being mad at Taylor Swift for what she does or does not choose to do is just not something that... I prefer to spend my time on. Like there is stuff that I can control. I control my own self and what I do and my own activism and like where my money goes and where my vote goes and whatever. I don't I don't have control over Taylor Swift in that same way. If that kind of makes sense. Like at the end of the day, I'm not going to have my stomach in knots over something that Taylor Swift is doing or something that Harry Styles is doing or something that Doja Cat is doing like I'm or anyone anyone really because guess what I don't know them I don't know her I don't know Taylor Swift she doesn't know me she has no idea who I am I don't know anything other than say it with me now the image that she's crafted She's a storyteller and a performer and an entertainer. And she says that in the article. She says, are you not entertained? Yeah, bitch, I am. I am entertained. And entertainment, I don't know, like let entertainers be entertainers. Compartmentalize that in your mind is kind of my advice (laughs) for people. If you find yourself getting a little bit too attached and finding your emotions becoming attached to the decisions that celebrities are making. I think that you just, my one piece of advice that I think I don't have a lot figured out, but I do think the way that I interact with fan culture and the way that I reckon with being fans of people is that they're just entertainers to me. They're not my friend. They're not my, they're not mother. They're not my Lord and savior. And I think that that's like a really healthy way to go about life. And there's, I, I do a lot of things that are unhealthy, but I do think the fact that I allow myself to consume pop culture without being so enmeshed in the personal decisions of the celebrities that I follow or like, that is just, it's way easier for my brain. It's, it's way easier than being so attached to someone I don't even know in that way. So anyway, once again, I have failed the try not to talk about Taylor Swift during a podcast episode challenge. Hey, I love talking about Taylor Swift. I know the girls love hearing about Taylor Swift, okay? I can see the the numbers. I can see the analytics. I can see that the episodes where I talk about Taylor Swift do a lot better than the other ones. So it's not rocket science. Anyway, for the meat of today's episode, I'm going to do something a little bit different that I have not done before. I actually had a big episode for today planned and it required a decent amount of research and compiling and yes I hate to say it fact checking because I do despite my belief that I don't believe in fact checking on this podcast I do want to deliver you the best information possible on this specific topic I guess okay let me just tell you I'm going to do an entire episode on an incomplete, complete history of Caroline Calloway because she is one of my niche interests. I have been a follower of Caroline Calloway for a long time before a lot of her scandals and I have a lot of thoughts about her and I have witnessed her evolution since like 2017, 2016 or 2017 at this point. So I feel qualified to talk about Caroline Calloway. That is a girl who who keeps her name in the news. That is a girl who is the master of her narrative, okay? Her and Taylor Swift should talk, but I, there is a lot, there, that is a rich text, okay? There is a lot going on in the Caroline Calloway universe. And so I just want to make sure that I have all of my ducks in a row and that I am delivering the best possible in-depth 
timeline and analysis of Caroline Calloway that I can possibly do. So next week, that's what you're getting. But today I wanted to, well, I was actually inspired by a Reddit thread that I saw. It was a compilation of the worst sex tips that people had seen in Cosmo or Cosmopolitan magazine. I was reading through these and I was just like giggling to myself. It was the advice in Cosmo is insane. I like, I remember since I was like a preteen, since I was like, 10, 11, 12 years old, I remember standing in line at the grocery store reading the little blurbs on the cover of Cosmo. And even as a wee little lass, I was like, that sounds insane. That shit sounds insane. And it still does. It still does. It still does to this day. So I actually was combing through a subreddit called Shit Cosmo Says, and it's not very active anymore. But it used to be popping like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years ago. Shit Cosmo says was absolutely the place to be on Reddit. The first one that I saw that I actually remember seeing this one originally. I was never like a Cosmo reader, but I do remember this one specific tip made the rounds on the internet, like back in like 2012, and like I do, like I was around to see the original surfacing of this tip which is as follows gently stick his penis through the hole of a donut then nibble around it stopping to suck him once in a while the sugary texture of your tongue will add an interesting new dimension is the interesting new dimension a yeast infection a UTI. I would hope that this is a standalone activity and not one that is going to include penetration at any point in time because this truly is a disaster waiting to happen. I don't know how anyone would get through this unscathed without some sort of pH imbalance. Next up, this this is also a vintage one. Press a fork firmly, but don't break the skin or anything into different parts of his body, his butt, his cheeks, his pecs, his thighs. What? <laughs> yeah, DTF, down to fork. This one is from March 22nd, 2017. The headline reads, why guys get turned on when you orgasm and why that's a bad thing. The subtitle is, of course guys manage to make your orgasm about themselves. And like, I, what do we want? What are we, what do we want for men? We want them to care about getting us off, but then it's bad when they get turned on by that. This one, actually, I may have to go read the like actual real article that this is from because I need to know the reasoning behind why it's a bad thing when guys get turned on when you orgasm. Hey, fellas, is it gay to get turned on when your girl comes? I like don't know if my parents listen to this podcast. I don't know. I don't ask any questions and they never bring it up. But I am really sincerely hoping that um, they were prepared for this one. This one's pretty fucking insane. OK, warning. I'm warning you right now. And now, finally, you're lying on the bed, exhausted and ecstatic. After sex, says Cosmo, grab your still moist panties from the floor and use them to tie your hair back. This will show him that you're fun, casual, and easygoing. Hey, we need, we need to talk about this one. We need to talk. We're not going to let this one slide. Cosmo, why did you say that? I think that they're just pulling jokes. I think that the people who write the sex tips at Cosmo like are aware of the fact that they need to go big or go home. And I love that. I think that they should continue to push the envelope. They should continue to push the boundaries of what they can say on the internet and, and pass it off as sex advice, okay? This is actually really smart and cerebral. There is a tip that just says, play a game of sex dreidel. There is the actual tip is cut off, but I think we can get a good enough image of that one from just the headline. This one is actually from Ask Men. They say, want to know a secret about female sexuality that 99% of men don't know? Here it is. Many women feel compelled to vacuum their house when they're ovulating. 
Some experts believe it has something to do with wanting to clean the nest before laying her egg. Ew! (laughs) So, when a woman tells you she is vacuuming, say, vacuuming? Are you ovulating or something? (laughs) She'll be stunned that you know this and wonder what else you know about female sexuality. Of course, if she doesn't know what you mean, fill her in. Women love it when you teach them something new, especially about themselves. Holy shit. Lots to unpack here. First of all, rewind, okay? Rewind. So when a woman tells you she is vacuuming, who is having a conversation with a woman where she's just kind of casually dropping that she's vacuuming? He's like, you up? And she's like, yeah, just vacuuming right now. And he's like, you ovulating or what? By this logic, I must be ovulating all the time because I truly vacuum uh, at least once a day, usually twice a day. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that I have cats and they are messy and they get litter all over the place and hair, cat hair, all sorts of stuff. So I am a vacuum girl. I do have a Dyson that I love. Like the fact that I have a Dyson like really is a big personality trait. We have the Dyson V7 animal and like it is it is an animal. Okay? Like that thing goes dummy hard. Like I have never taken such a joy in vacuuming as I have in the years since we've had this Dyson. Um Ty's dad got it for us when we moved into this place. Um, I just will never go back to using a corded vacuum, okay? I not, not a plug, but hey, Dyson, I'm open to it, okay? Hit a girl up. But the part that I do want to focus on is if she doesn't know what you mean, fill her in. Women love it when you teach them something new, especially about themselves. Yeah, famously, women love it when men try to tell them facts about their body. Women love when men have opinions on their bodies famously I don't know I don't know what to say I got nothing else to say this one this one isn't a sex tip per se but I did feel the need to include it this is from 17 magazine from May 2014 your flirtation ship with the hottie and chem just started heating up don't let it fizzle over the summer on the last day of school as you're saying bye lean in and smear shaving cream on his face say sorry had to do it for the vine enlist his pal to film it you'll win cool girl points for the best end of your prank and he'll start scheming cute ways to get back at you over break bring it on okay this one is this one's painful to read and here's the thing this is the most insufferable thing that you could possibly do. Smear shaving cream on someone as like a way to be flirty. If someone did that to me, like I would actually have to deck them. I'd actually have to whoop them upside the head if this happened to me. But I think the only way you could really get away with this, like realistically in high school, is if you are just like the hottest, coolest, most popular, funny, effortless girl that like everyone likes all the girls like all the guys like like a girl like that could get away with this and the problem there is that girls like that like effortlessly cool girls who are just born cool aren't reading 17 magazine right it was me reading 17 magazine boys didn't like me Okay, I had friends. Friends liked me. Girls liked me. Girls, I've always been a girl's girl, okay? I was only friends with girls in high school. My mom used to, like, she was, like, kind of always, like, concerned about why, like, me and my sister didn't have boyfriends when we were in school. And I was like, I don't know, like, have you literally met, like, a teenage boy lately? Like, they're kind of not really, like, fun to hang out with. I don't know. Maybe in, like, the 80s they were but not not when I was in high school boys were not fun to hang out with they didn't like me or think I was cool or respect me so (laughs) so that's why I was friends with girls and I I was finally started being friends with boys once I started working jobs and I was friends with like my male co-workers but I mean to this day like I don't I don't have like close like male friends in my circle the men that I have been friends with historically are gay men or trans men so I don't know anyway 
What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So if a girl like me, if like a not cool girl tried this tip that she read in Cosmo thinking it was going to be a hit, she would actually have to move. Like she would actually have to switch schools because this would be such a devastating blow to her reputation. All right. And that makes me sick. It makes me sick that Seventeen published such a terrible tip preying on uncool girls who just wanted the hottie and Kim to heat up the flirtation with her. It's rude. It's a crime. I am actually, frankly, really upset that I don't have access to the entire article. This is a picture someone took of a physical magazine. So I don't know how to track this down, but it's numbers of tips it looks like it goes all the way from one to 50 of women giving their specific like signature sex move okay so they only included 46 through 49 in the picture so I'm gonna read those to you all right strap in 46 the Chelsea this might sound extreme but men go insane when I stick a finger inside myself and then lick the tip it's enormously sensual and guys' eyes just about pop out of their heads. And that tip is from Chelsea R. Chelsea R, thank you. Chelsea, you crazy girl. You crazy, crazy girl. That is kind of the same exact energy of Susie on TikTok who starts that video off by saying, I know this is crazy, but I've never liked store-bought pesto. Number 47, the Cassie. Pull down his zipper using only your teeth. Then kiss and breathe heavily on his package as it pops out. This gets him super hot, one word, super hot, and shows him how wild you can be. That tip is from Cassie W. Um, Cassie, that's a doozy. Thank you for that one. Breathe heavily on his package as it pops out. Sit with that for a second, okay? Let it sink in. I'm gonna really have you meditate on that one, pray on that one, if you will. Number 48, the tiff. Try this kinky trick. Color your nipples with a crazy colored lipstick, like sparkly purple. Bonus points if it's yummy. He'll love the shocking, sexy change in scenery. This cannot be real. Tiff A, Tiff A. You wrote this tip in, I know you were lying. This cannot be true. Color your nipples with a crazy colored lipstick. First of all, that's gonna smear, like literally within seconds. Like, like, do you have to just like color your nipples and then just like immediately like exit the bathroom tits out and like proposition him? Like, I'm really confused. Cause if you did that like before a date or whatever, and then you like put a bra or a shirt on, by the time you took that off later, the lipstick would be so smudged. It would look crazy and terrible. He would not appreciate the shocking, sexy change in scenery. He'd think it was weird and scary. Uh, number 49, the Ellen. Bring him fully into your mouth, then make a swallowing motion. You won't actually swallow anything, but the action tenses up the muscles in your throat, which feels great against his super sensitive tip. Oh my God, I can't. Reading these out loud by myself sitting in my living room right now is really a, a sobering image. I do need to point out that they did write super sensitive as one word. So super hot and super sensitive, one word, okay? This just in. All right, this is another separate article. The headline is, evoke his blind ambition. You wake up with two and a half minutes to spare before your alarm rings. Rip off the cami you slept in and tie it over his eyes. Now you can spin a fantasy using nothing but your words. Here, we'll get you started. Quote, all the neighbors are crowded around the windows right now watching us, dot, 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 end quote. <laughs> This one is so crazy and I need to know like what inspired this because this isn't a situation that a lot of people find themselves in like waking up with two and a half minutes to spare before your alarm rings like I, I, I wouldn't think that your first thought would be what can I do right now to like really turn on my boyfriend. Everything about this I hate. I'm putting myself in the blindfold ease shoes personally because I think they're the victim in this situation. If my alarm rang, because I only set an alarm on days when I need to wake up, right? People only set an alarm when they need to go to work or school or something. 
on the weekends, if they're chilling out, they're not setting an alarm. So the fact that there's even an alarm to begin with in this situation implies to me that it's a work day, a school day, a day where you need to get up and get moving in the morning. The last thing I would want is the person next to me in bed tying the cami they slept in around my eyes as a blindfold. I would freak out. That is one surefire way to ensure that I am going to have a terrible day and hate you and hate you. Also, the prompt that they gave to get us started, all the neighbors are crowded around the windows right now watching us. Like that, I guess, I guess that's a different strokes for different folks situation. Like I know there are such thing as, it's not voyeurism, what is it? Opposite of voyeurism. See, this is true vulnerability, authenticity, exhibitionism. Maybe for a lot of people who are not myself, the idea of all the neighbors crowding around the windows watching you is gonna get you bricked up you know go off go off if that's the case i guess this is also not a sex tip but it's listed in the magazine as a bitch tip which is i think uh insulting to bitches because this is t this is terrifying what i'm about to read you okay it's so annoying when your guy will only text you and refuses to talk on the phone Break his textaholic habit by calling him in response to every message he sends. Eventually, he'll have to pick up to avoid the constant incoming calls. Tell him you're going on a texting strike until he agrees to have verbal phone conversations occasionally. What are you gonna like write up a contract about how many phone calls he needs to make? Like one a day? Since he now knows how frustrating it is when someone won't communicate the way he wants to, he should be willing to compromise. Ah. Training your boyfriend like a dog. Perfect. <laughs> that is, that's amazing. That's great. That's, that's how you know you got a real winner is when you have to mirror his bad behavior with your own bad behavior in order to give him a taste of your own medicine. Famously, that is a really incredible way to work out differences. We're back to sex tips. Instructions. Have your partner lie on top of you, entering you in traditional missionary style. But to shake things up, have him start doing a 360 degree spin, all while keeping his penis deep inside of you. As he's rotating and thrusting, help guide him around your body like a propeller would spin around the top of a helicopter. That's real. That is real. That is from cosmopolitan.com on God's internet. Okay, a 360 degrees, have him start doing a 360 degree spin all while keeping his penis deep inside of you. So like, he's kind of like having to army crawl, right? Like this isn't like an, like it's not like a propeller. Like there's an extraordinary amount of upper body effort that is being used to get yourself around in the circle, right? And if you're tall, I would imagine this would be really, really difficult. No matter how, no matter what your height is, I would think that the person on top, and this, all of these are extremely heteronormative, so they're all talking about men having sex with women. So, no, like, as the person on top, as the man in this situation, wouldn't you be, like, kicking the girl in the face as you're, like, trying to maneuver yourself around in a circle? I don't know. That one baffles me, but don't worry. There's actually the exact same tip, but opposite but role switched all right this one is called sex positions for beginners and it reads new to the whole sex thing but want to make it a little more interesting than the missionary try these basic sex positions with a tit twist to spice things up okay okay are we on board the first one that is listed is the twirl a girl that's the name of the tip twirl a girl have your partner lie on his back with his legs spread slightly and his head propped up with a pillow. Swing your legs over his body crosswise and keep them close together so your legs are positioned perpendicular to his. Sitting on top of his thighs or in his lap, lean back on your arms for maximum support. As he enters you, open your legs slightly and begin making slow, swiveling corkscrew motions. Okay, so we have the same, same thing, but with the vagina haver on top this time and the penetrator on the bottom in case you were worried you couldn't reverse that first tip. You can actually. The last one that I have for you today is from a compilation of homemade sex toy ideas. I don't know if this came from Cosmo or a similar publication. It says to 
chill metal spoons in the freezer for a couple of hours and then glide them over each other's skin. Place them against his lips, drag them down his throat and across his nipples and abs and swirl them over his genitals and inner thighs all the way down to his toes. And I think that's a really beautiful one to kind of end on. You know, it wasn't, it's not too crazy, right? I think that, I think that a spoon is a really amazing entry point if anyone was maybe inspired to try out these sex tips. I think that maybe the spoon one is going to be the one that leaves you with the least um, emotional damage, physical damage. I personally think that the spoons tip is the one to start with, okay? That's going to be your gateway drug. This is a little bit of a shorter episode for me today, but I want to leave you wanting more, okay? And I'm leaving you with a lot of time to mentally prepare for your lesson on Caroline Calloway next week. All right? Get a good night's sleep, drink lots of water, eat lots of carbs and protein, and make sure that you stretch and make sure that you are ready for Caroline Calloway next week, all right? If you don't know anything about her, perfect, because I'm going to teach you everything you need to know. I really can't wait. It's really gonna be a beautiful time. And once again, if you've made it to this point in the episode, I am here to give you the biggest, juiciest, (laughs) wettest, sloppiest kiss on the mouth possible, okay? That was just for you. I love you. If you're here, go ahead and follow the pod on Instagram if you haven't already, at ObscuraPod, same handle on TikTok. You can also go ahead and follow my personal accounts. That is Olivia Stober Studios on both TikTok and Instagram. I post a lot of my art stuff there and a lot of other bullshit, particularly on TikTok. So maybe I'll see you there. Maybe I won't. Either way, I will be back here, same place, same time, next Monday. Bye.